Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors, and welcome back to our show today. I'm so excited to be looking at an important aspect of any investment portfolio, and that is you are launched and igniting your aspirational flame. Isaac Bennett is the founder of You Are a People Brand. He previously served as vice president of sales for Morton Industries. He has an extensive background in international real estate, equity, and alternative asset investments. He has traveled to over 50 countries, having done business in over 100. He loves baseball, music, and spending time with his wife, Blake. So, Isaac. Tell us about a memorable experience from your life. Well, first, Alan, thank you so much for having me on. It's really a pleasure to be here with you and your audience. I really appreciate that. I think for me, it was maybe a series of memories that kind of led me down this path. I'm one of seven kids. We were all homeschooled. So you can imagine that there were plenty of times when finances were a little bit tight or maybe a lot tight. And I think that there are moments where I saw my father's entrepreneurial aspiration really shine. And but my mother as well, actually, she ran a small business herself. But I, I could just remember all of these times when seeds were planted in my life where, you know, I watched my mother and father work so hard to provide us a foundation that even allowed us the opportunity to be entrepreneurs. And I think from my father still working, he works a, a W-2 job, but it was definitely the seeds that they planted that allowed us to get here today. So I remember all these meetings and different ventures that they pursued that I would tag along with and just seeing where that flame was flickering and knowing that that was probably something that I wanted to pursue in my future. So I have a lot of gratitude towards my parents for that. Well, interesting story there, Isaac. Thank you for sharing that. You know, so many people who have later become successful in life had uh, very humble beginnings. And we've always had to go our own path and chart our own path. But it's always nice when you've had parents who've had at least some entrepreneurial background there to stimulate those flames there. Well, Isaac, what do you mean when you talk about launching your creative genius? Well, I think it's actually, let's go back to that story. So I think there are so many people who may be working a, a nine to five, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I have tremendous respect for our labor force and our workforce. But many of those people have genius inside of them, whether it's uh, you know creative ideas or inventions or just the desire to be entrepreneurial. And so often, I think their one conversation or one mentor or one financial supporter away from bringing something into the world that wouldn't otherwise exist. So I think that the very foundation of the UR brand of companies is to just ignite people's entrepreneurial passion and their fire and their flame and give them the empowerment and the resources to make sure that that can happen. I, I don't think we can even fathom the types of things that benefit to the world if we just empower people and just build them up and call call into them what they were destined to be. Boy, I think you're I mean you're so right on and and I think the flip side of that is the tragedy that so many people like you say are just one step away yeah. from opening that creative genius and for whatever reason 
it is squelched and uh, it dies. Tell us how it is that you go about helping people to take that one step that opens that creative genius. Well, I think it's important to understand why we named our company UR. The foundation of this is that when I would exhort people, when I would try to lift them up, I'll give you an example. So if my niece was around, you know, Collins, she's now six or at the time, four or five, you know, I would say, Collins, you are beautiful. Or I'd say Wilder to my nephew, I'd say, Wilder, you are awesome at baseball. And I just found myself using this phrase all of the And what I recognize is that it's very difficult to exhort somebody without saying you are first, right? So, you know, I might say, Alan, you are a great podcast host or something of that nature, right? And it just comes out all the time. And so I think that we, over the years, built this into a brand that was keeping that at the center of everything we do, which says, we are going to focus on people's entrepreneurial passions. We're going to try and build businesses around their genius, around their desire, the area of life that gives them energy, not takes it away. And we're going to bring them whatever it is that they need to succeed. And so the UR brand of companies is a series of companies that we're backing entrepreneurs and providing them the resources that they need, whether it's financial or support or back-end office work, whatever it may be, marketing sales, or providing them what they need to make sure that their business can get off the ground or take the next step or do whatever it needs to do. So there's a variety of different things that we do, but it all comes back to this central idea. Let's break people free from the shackles of fear. Let's make sure that they are empowered to do the things that they would do and maybe take a leap that they would not otherwise leap. Because in my opinion, the things that get breathed on in this world are the things that scare us and the things that we think, ah, oh, if only I could. And then there's an ellipsis and people never act on that ellipsis. And we're firmly in that ellipsis and saying, no, let's go there. Let's do that. Failure is okay. Fail- failure is good. What's not good is not trying. It sounds so cliche, but Alan, that's why, we, that's why we're here. It does sound... And I teach a lot of classes on positive psychology and, and there's so many aspects aspects of positive psychology that actually do sound cliche and many of the processes and aspects that we teach through positive psychology seem so benign and themselves very, very cliche. And yet they make mountains of difference. You talk about you are and empowering your niece and your nephew. The problem that I believe that people squelch themselves is because we live in a negative world. I mean, if you count up the number of times you are told you are beautiful, you're awesome, as compared to the times that we hear you did this wrong, you could have done so much better here, you made a horrible mistake here. I mean, we hear that probably 10 times more than we ever hear in our lives. You are awesome. And so what you're doing is just phenomenal and fantastic. Well, how it sounds to me like really what a lot of your businesses in community circles, we call those incubators. Is that Mm. kind of what it is that you are actually doing there? Kind of. Yeah, there's a variety of things. I mean, we have You Are Well, which is all centered on health and wellness. And Samantha Walters is our agency director for that. And she's a personal trainer and a dietitian. And she has her own story of severe depression and many other things, eating disorders, et cetera. And it was almost entirely psychological and spiritual for her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so mind, body, spirit is really, you are well, and she's created a business from nothing. You know, we basically said, well, we'll give you the back end and pay you a salary to help us with admin stuff, go create a business. And she has, you know, in a year has done that. And so you are well is very close to home for me. I knew that I would never run a company that didn't have a wellness component to it because of my own really difficult back 
backstory as well. We have You Are Home. We believe that home ownership is... I keep seeing these articles as like, oh, it's financially smarter to rent than own. False. False. Yeah. I will tell you that is a lie. <laughs> the, the, the financial grounding and financial lessons that you can learn from home ownership are an absolute essential to understanding finances and understanding responsibility. I say that is a lie. So You Are Home, it's our realty business. We are empowering people to own things, to own assets, to own a home, to understand how to manage their finances in that way. We have You Are Abundant, which is my real estate syndication business. And it's the one I that specializes in helping people do bigger deals that benefit from the economies of scale that they wouldn't do on their own. And it's partnering with the best operators to make sure we're putting people in a, a position to succeed with real estate and not fail. So we syndicate all sorts of different property and deals. We love to underwrite. We love to do due diligence. And then we have our newest agency, which is called You are launched, which focuses on really launching small businesses from one position to the next and bringing them either financial resources, syndicating for them, becoming partners and syndicating for them, helping them hire C-suites, doing whatever it may be to help them launch their business. And the demand in that area is just enormous, enormous. I have 10 or 15 different deals that I haven't even looked at really very closely yet in my inbox because so many people need help with this. They need help being empowered to that next level. So that's an example of some of our companies and how we operate within them. And there's obviously a lot of nuance in there, but it's been pretty interesting so far. I don't know how you do it all. <laughs> very carefully. <laughs> you have undertaken there. So how do you how do you manage running? Well, you just mentioned four companies. I don't know if that's the extent of your companies, but each and every one of those is a major component. So how are you doing? How are you pulling all of that together? You know, there's the... First of all, every agency has its own director. And there's somebody that is specifically empowered to run that agency. And that's a key component of it. It's just empowering people to get out of the boat, get out of the boat and go try and go fail. And I think it's trying to foster an environment that allows people to fail and even sometimes flail because i think crisis and i think you know certain healthy levels of stress are just the mother of all invention even for me you know i think i found this on the golf course alan i could only really putt when i was really under pressure and when i really had to make a putt i could make putts but that was it and it's a stupid it's a stupid example but i found that like if people are allowed to fail and and basically put on and saying you have to go put yourself out there boy the things that can come out of their mind are Amazing. It's incredible. So I, I think we have great people. And then honestly, we're all working in passion, you know, for the agencies with which we have. And that makes a huge amount of difference. And then honestly, just favor, like we're being favored in this. And that's a, a really big deal. It's a it's really important. So look, I also time block really carefully. I manage my time really closely. I try to stay off social media. I try to make sure I'm connecting with people and I write down what I'm gonna do every single day. And people think entrepreneurship is easy or fun. Well, there you go. That's day after day after day after day of writing 30 things down and doing as many of them as possible. So I guess that's how we do it. I'm amazed you're using paper and pencil <laughs> rather than yeah. uh, some fancy technology. It works uh, for it me works. anyway. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, I mean, it's great to see that the simplicity is still, uh, yeah. still a thing. Well, this is all wonderful, but you know, I've been working with people for a very long time. I have counseling background and, and a system psychology background. And what I see see, like you say, the next step is right there in front of people. And yet I see people flounder and fail. And I agree with you that anxiety and 
and pressure and frustration can be good things. At the same time, they can totally and completely overwhelm people and they become enmeshed in the fear. How are you helping folks to overcome that? That's your next question. Before we go into that, how can we get in touch with you to take advantage of these wonderful opportunities? I think the best way is probably through our website, which is just apeoplebrand, just like it sounds.com, apeoplebrand.com. You can also email me anytime, Isaac, which is AAC at apeoplebrand.com. Those are the best ways to get a hold of me. I'm also active on Twitter, Isaac C. Bennett. You can interact with me on Twitter anytime. That's about the only social media that I do. But how do you lift somebody out of fear? Great question. And I think the most salient example is how I myself came out of fear because I suffered from a pretty extreme performance mentality. I'm a three on the Enneagram, if you're familiar. So I I want people to think that I like them and I want people to like me and I want to perform for them and all these things. And I built up facades in my life, which were entirely fake. And right behind that facade is a ton of anxiety and fear. And so that was the first first thing. And the second thing is is a, a poverty mentality, which felt like that the pie was ever shrinking and I had to make sure I got my slice of pie, right? And totally false, completely and utterly false. And so overcoming that was a series of steps. It was, first of all, really getting down to the felt in my life and realizing that I needed to break this performance mentality, which had led to a lot of problems. And I needed to be authentic with people and vulnerable and share with them and frankly, just show my weaknesses and be very open about them and and try to help people. So I think if you can come and show someone your own vulnerability and weaknesses, you can move a mountain with somebody. Because if you lower yourself to the level of saying, here's my dirt, you know, here's what it is, here's what I've been through, here's what I'm working through through. Here's something I'm struggling with. People will open up to you and tell you how to help them, show you how to help them, tell you what they need help with. And I think it is in those, especially for men, it is in those seeds of vulnerability that like great future plants are planted. Where if you are open about something you struggle with, someone else will be open with you to a man. I've seen some of the hardest, most closed off men get incredibly vulnerable very quickly because you're willing to be vulnerable with them. And also letting them know that like they must be, they must be vulnerable with you if they want to maintain a relationship. And so I think that's a huge part of overcoming fear is that vulnerability and then recognizing and and showing people that it's okay to be human. It's okay to make mistakes. You have to take responsibility and ask forgiveness and reassess and strategize and and persist. You have to persist. But I think giving people that olive branch that says, it's okay to do this. It's okay to fail. It's okay to try again. It's okay to fail again. It's okay to try again is really where people start exercising that muscle of risk and exercising persistence. You're so right on in terms of vulnerability and the power in vulnerability. We so often think of vulnerability as a huge weakness, but it is exactly the opposite. It is is so absolutely powerful. Are you familiar with Brene Brown? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, what you're talking about brought her to mind. She helped helped me a lot. She helped me a lot. One of her, I think it was a TED talk or something that I listened to many years ago was really, really encouraging to me to to just really be an open person. Yeah. And several wonderful books that she has written. A great researcher, great, great writer, very talented Mm. individual there. So being vulnerable, being open to being able to fail and are wonderful things. But failure brings with it, I mean, and Brene talks about this too in, in 
particularly this aspect of shame. But I can tell myself all day long that there is no such thing as failure. Those are just lessons to learn. But anytime I fail and I have those setbacks, shame sets in to an enormous degree. And I've read all about Renee and all of her books on shame and dealing with that. And I still have that issue with shame anytime that I failed in any way, shape, or form. How are you dealing with that? There's an extremely direct answer, and it's Jesus for me. Because that my wife showed me a picture of grace that I had never understood what the cross meant until she showed me what grace actually meant. And shame that day in 2018 went from something of which I had borne so deeply that I had wanted to kill myself for 20 years to a recognition that I did not know what grace even was until that moment. And so now, after that experience that I had then, other failure to me looks very benign. And I think that I am very careful not to listen to my own mind telling me about what my performance should be. Because as a three, and as someone who believed that I had to have all the right answers and all the right dogma and all the right performance growing up, what I realized now is that none of it mattered. All of it was an act. I was still failing. I just hit it now. And this is on the flip side too, Alan. And this is something I think that's really important. Success should not equal confidence. Success should equal humility. Failure should not equal shame. Failure should equal persistence. You should try again and again and again and again, right? So if you can look at success as something that was favorable for you, favor shown to you, and have the humility to make sure you know that it probably wasn't you. It was probably circumstances and efforts, maybe somewhat you, but people around you. And so for me, I'm very given to shame. But these days, I recognize that that is an outside force talking to me. It's not me. It's not the right voice talking to me. And that that's how I deal with it is I immediately recognize that is a false or negative voice in my life speaking those words. Yes, it's very true. And I'm getting much, much better at it these days. I mean, it's taken a lifetime. And, you know, I just don't think that that's a unique experience with me. I yeah. think so many of us were actually raised in shame based environments. Yes. And, uh, and it's not that our parents intended to shame us. But they themselves were raised in shame-based environments, and it is a generational thing. But it's a school thing, the, too. It's yeah, an education it, thing, too. Oh, absolutely. It is an educational. You're a genius artist that doesn't know one from two, and you get, a, you get a bad grade on a math test, and you get an F, and somehow you're now a failure because you can paint a gorgeous picture that I could never paint, but you're a failure because this other thing that your brain's not wired to is, is now an F. Completely broken system. <laughs> Yes, it absolutely is. And certainly we do definitely need educational reform. So you talk about this aspect of eliminating realistic from our vernacular. And I, I like that concept. So explain that to us. Yeah, we limit ourselves terribly. And I don't mean this in a sort of like pie in the sky sort of way. I just mean that in an environment of which you're challenged and sharpened and empowered, lifted up, encouraged to fail, encouraged to take risk, encouraged to go after your genius. I don't think any of us have any idea what we could do, including me. And this is something that I've really just been leaning into in the last couple of years. But it is... We set these goals out there and... It's a nice idea and it's a nice thing, but some, sometimes putting something on paper to me 
can be a limiting belief because you're you're actually in many ways putting a ceiling on the things that you can do or the impact that you can have, things you can give back, all these all these things. And so I think that we have to be intentional about getting into environments and ecosystems that challenge us and challenge the limiting beliefs that we have, whatever that arena may be, whatever that area may be. Because I'm just getting this idea that if we surrendered and we really with humility, put ourselves in positions that other people can challenge us and can call out the greatness in us and cannot let us be complacent and not let us be just satisfied with the status quo, then we can do things that we don't think are currently possible. I mean, we've already seen that in our business where there are things happening I did not think were possible. And in fact, I was so sure and so pragmatic and so realistic about it that it took me getting around other people who were like, you do realize that you just limit yourself constantly, right? And I had to get really, really uncomfortable with the idea that I was placing my own limitations that were holding me back. And so, man, break that off. If we can break that off, then who knows what's going to come out of our brains next. Yeah. Well, being a four on the Enneagram scale, yeah. um, <laughs> it's very easy for fours to, to get lost in fantasies and lose our way and compare our fantasies to reality and then go in downward, downward spirals because the reality never faces, never comes up to the fantasies there. But I certainly, you know, a lot of people say you have to write down your goals. And, and I hadn't really looked at it from that perspective of that they actually can be, become very limiting. They've never benefited me in terms of writing them down. Interesting. Uh, they get in my way. So I just don't do it anymore. I conceptualize tremendously well in my brain. But when I try to put that down in written form, it just never has worked for me. It, it is a demotivator and a discourager. So I don't do it anymore, mm. even though the experts say you've got to you've got to write down your goals and look at them every single day. It just doesn't work for me. Well, you know uh, yourself, don't you? I mean, yeah. you know yourself. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's only yeah. taking it's only taking a <laughs> lifetime. But That's all we have. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it was a long, 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 long day's journey or a long night's journey in the day, as they say. So wonderful conversation, Isaac. And it's been a delight, a light meeting you. We share a lot of things in common, obviously. So thanks for being with us and enlightened investors. I hope you've enjoyed this show as much as I have today. It's been a delight talking with you, Isaac. Thanks for being with us. Alan, thank you so much for having me. It was a real pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steve Talker Capital, a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steve Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. Steve Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at stevetalker.com.